The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsibility gaming resources. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. Yo! What's going on? This is BGN Radio episode number 95. With me as always is Brandon Lee Gowton of BleedingGreenNation.com. I am Jimmy Kemsky from PhillyVoice.com. Make sure you also check out Babes on Broad, they're smart, they're sexy, and they're all Philly. And of course, if you're listening to us, you're probably also listening to Kisten Solak, who always impressed me with their ability to somehow do film breakdowns via the radio, which is very impressive again. Uh, Brandon, how was your Thanksgiving, buddy? Jimmy, uh, you gave the Eagles way too much credit, I think, last week. So you ruined my Thanksgiving. You sent me, you told me the Dolphins were this terrible team. They are! And the Eagles are going to... Oh, I don't know. Are they? Maybe Doug was right. Maybe they're a good team. Oh, my God. I get he has to say that. Well, no, I don't agree with that. No, he, no, doesn't. he doesn't. He, have he to. volunteered it on his own like four yeah. different times. I, I didn't mean to say he has to say that. Like People are always like, oh, what's he going to say? Yeah. I don't know. How about not that? Not like, that. Yeah, Not right. that. Like, we were a bad team today. Like, why not say that? Like, make yes. it up. You know, they played hard. We were we didn't play good enough. Like that's Just take full accountability. Don't don't even mention the other team. They're a good team now. Like kind of like as if you know, hey, actually they're good. No, yeah. I mean, not. if you lost to the Ravens, then fine. Go ahead. So, yeah, they're a good team. Yeah. Okay. The don't, Dolphins. Yeah, don't, don't 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 lie to us. Come on, come on. They bro. ranked dead last in DVOA, <laughs> dead last in point differential. I don't care. They they won two games out of their last four games prior to playing the Eagles. They played Brian Hoyer Colts. And they only won by like four points. And they played the Adam Gase Jets, who, by the way, just lost to the only winless team in the NFL. Got blown out by the Bengals. Like before this game, <laughs> they were on pace to have the third worst point differential in NFL history. <laughs> but they were they were a good a team. Good team. I, I will I will say they did they did play hard. They did. I mean, obviously they had all they had a plethora of opportunities to just quit in that game. And they kept fighting. So I give them credit, and I think they're probably pretty well coached. And I think they outcoached the Eagles in that game. We'll get to that a little bit later. But you didn't answer my question. I said, how was your Thanksgiving? Well, it was good, Jimmy. I had a ton of pizza, obviously. Poured some gravy (laughs) on there. Did you actually have pizza? I did not, sadly. Uh, I had a traditional Thanksgiving meal, and it was fine. It was fine. I was just trying to tell my parents. It's all about opportunity costs. Like It's not that this meal is bad. It's just that, like, there's so many other things I could be eating that would be better, 
And if I could just have like a Thanksgiving that was just a ton of different pizzas to pick from, I would just be a lot happier. Yeah. How was yours? <laughs> it was fine. I mean, I went to uh, Miami on Wednesday. Uh, so I was out there for Thanksgiving. I went to my uh, girlfriend's uh, sister's house. And it was lovely, Brandon. Lovely. Had a good meal. Went to the hotel. That's good. Off. And uh, yeah, it was a fun little trip down there. I will say one thing. This is... I'll bring this up at the top of the podcast because I know that uh, I didn't I didn't hear it I didn't hear the podcast, uh, but I know that uh, Bo Wolf on Birds with Friends was talking about some guy was saying like you can't leave the stadium or you'll get mugged. Yeah, there was something about the <laughs> the gatehouse or something like you couldn't walk yeah. by. Yeah, so uh, I found that hilarious because I got told the same thing. So when mugged? I was leaving, the, the way that the way that it works is you leave, you, you walk out the you know the the gate to the to the stadium, and a golf cart will take you to the uh, media parking lot. I didn't have um, I didn't have a car, so it'll either take you to the media parking lot or to an Uber pickup location. And uh, they were like, I started, I said, the, the the cart was just taking forever, and my flight was at night that night. So, like, I really couldn't, I didn't really want to wait around too much longer and fear that I might miss my flight. So, I'm like, I can just walk. Like, I don't mind. I'll get a little exercise. It's good. What just, can you tell me which way to go to the Uber lot? And they're like, you're not walking anywhere. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, what? And they're like, you'll get mugged. And I'm like, I'm not getting mugged. Like, I'm not tough, but I am. <laughs> I am 6'3 and 215. So, like, people wouldn't know that I'm not tough. Mm. Like I'm not, I'm not like the best target. So I said that to this guy, and he's like, "No, you'll get mugged and maybe stabbed." <laughs> like, what? Okay. Really? Really? And he said the same thing to me that he said to Bo apparently with the guardhouse. Said so you don't like. He said like uh, when the golf cart takes you to wherever you know the Uber pickup area is, and you don't want to go. You'll see. Uh, you'll see a couple of guitars. He said he called them guitars <laughs> instead of guitars. You know, it's the Hard Rock Stadium, mm. so they have like you know musical stuff all around the stadium or whatever. But he, he called them. He's like, once you get to them guitars, you don't want to go any further than that. Like, all right, fine, <laughs> but it was it was the strangest. I wonder if like other beat writers have been <laughs> have been mugged leaving the stadium or something. Mm. But it was, I think I think more likely. This individual was crazy, <laughs> but I, I did find it funny that he talked about that on the uh, podcast. I had this, I had a very similar experience to him, and I didn't know that until he apparently talked about it on the podcast. <laughs> and he didn't get mugged, so, so that's I did, good. I did not get mugged. No, I didn't. They, they wouldn't let me leave. They wouldn't let me take anything other than the golf cart. Hmm. And McManus came out later, so uh, Tim McManus, ESPN. Yes, he For those who don't uh, he gave me a ride, very nice of him, to the airport, actually. His hotel was right by the airport. So thank you again, Tim McManus of ESPN, for giving me a ride to the airport. It was packed there, by the way, so it, it took us a long time just to even get to my, like, terminal. So uh, I delayed him from getting back to his hotel by, I'd say, about 15, 20 minutes at least. Uh, which is very nice of him, so again, thank you. Uh, I know that you, Brandon, wanted to quickly uh discuss the watch party for this yeah. upcoming week 15 uh who gives a crap game again oh i guess that'll be next week not this week right correct jimmy speaking of road games the road uh, game against against the washington team my bad yeah, bgn is going to have 
a road game watch party. Haven't had one in, uh, I can't tell you, years. Uh, I don't even really know. I don't think I went to it last time we had one. So years ago, um, you can come and hang out with myself, Seamus Clancy, other BGN readers, BGN radio listeners. We're going to be at Pistolas del Sur. That's on Pass Young in South Philly. There's going to be food specials. They have $4 Dallas Sucks beers. There's margaritas, burgers, tacos, a bunch of specials on that. We'll be giving away BGN logo t-shirts if you want to pick up one of those for free. So, look, these are bad right now. But, look, we're going to watch these games anyway. Are you concerned? Oh, I'm sorry. You're still talking about the other. But, but are you concerned? It's a 1 o'clock, right? Yeah, it's a 1 o'clock game. Are you concerned that it's going to get uh, bumped up to Sunday Night Football? I mean, that's a possibility. I mean, you know, well, I mean, Washington's still alive in the NFC East race, so you never know. <laughs> it's crazy, actually. That's funny. We should probably get to that later, too. We will. And uh, just wanted to say, you know, definitely, look, we're all watching these games anyway. They might be depressing. Why not come out and watch it with some fellow Eagles fans? Don't be lonely and depressed. Be depressed with other people. Or maybe somehow the Eagles can actually beat Washington. Either way, we'll be there. So come on out and uh, and come see us. Eagles, Dolphins. Where do we start? <sighs> At least they lost differently this week. I mean, the way that they've been losing every week is they've been playing decent enough deep, deep well, not every week, but against the uh, Patriots and Seahawks anyway. Those were very winnable games. Mm-hmm. The defense kept them in it, but that boring, slow, plotting, garbage offense couldn't put up enough points and they lost. This the game was at least a little bit different. Like they put some, they at least put 31 points on the board. Um, some of that was due to having a, a couple short fields, but they still did put up 31 points, and the secondary just got roasted. It was like the Vikings game again, but with a less talented, a far less talented opponent. Yeah, I mean, the defense clearly just fell apart. I mean, what, what was it, five straight drives at the end of touchdowns? Five straight touchdown drives. There was one kneel down at the end of the first half. You don't count yeah, that. Yeah, right. And, then, and not only the five touchdowns in a row, but the sixth drive thereafter – was every bit as effective as a touchdown drive. I mean, mm-hmm. they took off six minutes off the clock, and uh, they drove down, and all they needed was a field goal to go up two scores, and that that drive all but ended the game. For sure. And, uh, yeah, I would I would not say that the, the offense was even great in this game. I mean, they scored 30. Like, I don't fully agree that the offense isn't culpable at all in this game. Oh, I agree. Yeah, for sure. The, the defense, I would say, is mostly to blame. Um, I, I would not quite put 100% of the blame on the defense like Jim Schwartz did, to his credit, took accountability for that, mm-hmm. as he should, getting embarrassed mm, by... Did he take uh, accountability, or did he just put it on his players? Well, he said it's 100% on the defense, so he put uh-huh. it on someone. He didn't put it on the <laughs> offense, is the point I'm trying to that, make. Well, that he, that he certainly didn't do, yes. And the offense, to me, I mean, look, the Eagles had nine drives where they didn't start with a short field, and they made 13 points on those <laughs> Those non-short field drives, they only yeah. scored one touchdown on those non again nine again. You're going against like the worst ranked defense by DVOA. Like there's and, and you talked about you talked about last week, Jimmy. They were missing this, eight players in their secondary. It was a joke. Crazy guy. It was a joke. It was a joke that they could not have more success on offense than they even did. But by the way, don't even get me started on this running the ball thing. Please tell me you're not <laughs> you're not one of those people, right, Jimmy? No, well, okay, so I think they could have maybe run the ball a little bit more, but uh, when, again, when you look at what they were missing in their secondary, the Dolphins, that is, uh, you know, certainly the the way to beat that team was to throw the ball. And actually, my bigger gripe was that they were going 
they, they you know, kind of switch to a lot of two tight end sets. And obviously that's the strength of the Eagles offense in terms is of, it? you know, their, their person, the, the personnel. But when you have, and I'll just re, I'll just re-go through this again, that what, what the Dolphins were missing in their secondary, because I think it's worthwhile. They're missing Xavier and Howard. So, uh, let me just, uh, I'll, I'll present it this way. Their week one starters were a cornerback, Xavier and Howard, Eric Rowe. And then uh, Megan Fitzpatrick was sort of like a do-everything guy, played some slot, played all over the place. Uh, safeties were Rashad Jones and Bobby McCain. So the only guy left from their week one starters was Eric Rowe, who has since moved to safety because of that. they've had so many injuries there. And then, you know, they've had a lot of new guys come in. I guess uh, one of the starters that took over at safety is a guy by the name of Stephen Parker. Uh, he's actually played okay for them. He missed that game. He was hurt. He, you know, entered the week as questionable, did not play. There's another cornerback on the injury report. I remember who he was, but he couldn't play. Keep Ken Crawley? On the roster. Ken Crawley, yes. He couldn't play. He's an established veteran, at least, in the league. He's played in a decent number of games. And then they have Aqib Tlaib, who's they, they traded for him. He was already on IR when they traded for him. But he's on the roster, also on IR. They have eight guys missing. And their their 11 personnel is working against that group. Because, of course, it was. Because they have street free agents playing for them. They, Jamal Wilts couldn't cover anyone. <laughs> Jamal Wiltz. Jamal Wiltz was their slot quarter number 33, and he, could, he couldn't cover anyone. And they're they're kind of eating the Dolphins' lunch in that 11 personnel. And for whatever reason, they kind of switched over to a lot of two tight end sets, and they weren't anywhere near as effective. The Dolphins were like, yes, please. We'll take one of these corners off the field. Thank you very much. And I don't get it. <laughs> but no, I'm not one of those run guys. So where were you going with that? Uh, that was a big talking point coming out of the game. Apparently, people were like, "Oh, they're not running the ball enough." Whatever, like that cannot yeah. be to me. Like, that, I just don't understand how that could be your biggest takeaway, like from that game, even with the offense. I, I, just, I get it against the the Patriots and Seahawks. I do think they should have run more against those, two, especially the Patriots, who you know kind of I wouldn't say struggled against the run, but they mm-hmm. haven't played much against the run because they had so many games early in the season in which they were just blowing everyone out, and the, the teams that did have an opportunity to run on them, ran it effectively. Like the Bills game was close with them. They ran the ball very effectively. The Ravens are kind of a, they're not really a great example because they're just awesome mm-hmm. at running the football. And like, so they're going to run on anyone. But the, the Patriots really did kind of have a, a difficult time stopping the run. And the Eagles didn't run it much on them or didn't try to. And they had a, they had a lead in that game, obviously, for for a big portion of that game. And they didn't, I think they didn't run it as much against them as they should have. Mm-hmm. But I am with you that the... Over criticism of not running the ball against the Dolphins uh, is a little much. I agree. I mean, I look at it as like, okay, Zach Ertz drops a catch that would have given the Eagles first and goal. They probably get at least three there. Probably a I touchdown. Think he scores. Yeah, or even that. And then he drops another touchdown later in the game. And then your response to those two touchdown drops is that they didn't run the ball enough. Like, no, like Zach Ertz should be catching the ball. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> right. like, you're you're right. misassigning blame there. So right. I thought that was kind of crazy. Did you see this article? Um, from USA Today's For the Win site, Jimmy, that talked about how not. 12 personnel, actually, the Eagles 12 personnel package has been, the, the Eagles have been the worst team in the league out of 12 personnel in terms of mm. expected points added this year. The passing game. That was uh, an Eagles specific article or it's just a, or is it a 12 national. personnel article? Uh, well, Eagles specific article. Oh, okay. I don't think that's crazy, though. Like, I don't think that's surprising in the sense of no. if you, it's <laughs> it's really the only personnel package they've been able to use for a while here, and it's, it's extremely predictable when when it's like the only thing you can do well. 
like when like, it's one thing to be switching between 11 personnel and 12 personnel and trying to find those mismatches but when you are just running your offense like out of 12 personnel with these like again slow plotting like i just, it, it seems like so much more easier to cover when there's no, there's no deep threat there's no one to like worry about like it, it just doesn't seem this kind of just speaks to the the you know the biggest problem with the team and a much much bigger issue that i had with not running the ball on sunday was like again this isn't a new issue, but there's just no explosive threat here. Like, they're, they have to string together these drives every single week. There's never any kind of big plays. Like, it's, it's still not happening. Their, their longest passing play, I believe, on Sunday was 24 yards against this awful Dolphins secondary. Like, 24 yeah. yards. <sighs> it's not good. 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 So Jimmy, it's just not. It's just not that good. But but categorically speaking, any negative stat about the Eagles' offense it is to be clear is very unsurprising. Yes. <laughs> when I was when we were talking last week, Jimmy, I think I think you and I said, or I said, pretty much like, all right, if they lose to this team, someone has to get fired. Like it, it would be that bad. Sure enough, the Eagles did lose to the Dolphins, and sure enough. They did not fire anyone on the coaching staff, but... I don't think they're going to until the end of the season. Yeah. Well, I wonder. Hmm. Yeah, we should get into it. Ins- get some inside info? <laughs> no, I just... I, I wonder here. I wonder what do you got? It, Come on. Then I'm again, calling. I guess... Put I guess your cards on the table, I guess ELG. I, <laughs> I guess it can't get any worse than this, kind of, though. So I don't I don't know what that would take. Yeah, I, I think they'll wait. It's. I think, you know, they fire Chip in season... I mean, not Barely. that they yeah. fired Doug, but they fired Chip in season just Six because days Lori, Lori hated him. So, like, he just wanted him out of the building. Lori doesn't hate anyone on the staff, obviously. So anyone they fire, they're going to, you know, they're going to speak very kindly of when they're gone. But uh, I think they are going to wait until the end of the season because I don't think it really benefits them in any way to let anyone go at this point. Because it's not like you're replacing them with somebody. So let's play this so, game. Yeah, stay or go. Go ahead. With the Eagles coordinator assistance. And so we're doing one of a, we each go and then we say what the Eagles do. We'll say, you say what you think they'll do. Or no, I'm sorry. You say what you would do. Mm-hmm. I'll say what I would do. And we'll say, we'll each say what we think the Eagles will do. Okay. So start from Starting the top. Starting at the top. Doug, Dougie P. He obviously should stay. You know, he's not going anywhere. Yeah. And he will stay. And he, and he shouldn't and he shouldn't go Correct. obviously clearly. Jim Schwartz. We'll go second in command, Jim Schwartz. I'm going to keep him for now, and I think he will stay. I would also keep him. I don't think there's. I mean, I'm adamant. Like I would. I mean, this is the wrong week to you know kind of really pound the table <laughs> for Jim Schwartz. But on the whole, I think he's done a good job, and I think that a lot of the nitpicks and gripes about him are a little crazy, frankly. Uh, and I don't think the Eagles are going to let him go, but wouldn't put it at 0%. Hmm. Micro. <laughs> gone. Should be gone, will be gone. 100% should be gone. He's gone if it's me. And I think he's going to be gone. Okay. I think, they, uh, I think they let him go. Do you think he entertains the idea of going back to a wide receivers coach, or can no. that just not happen? I think that like almost never happens. I think it's too much of a, because I, I think in his head, if you have any pride, you're like, I can get a job somewhere else. You know, even if you don't necessarily know that's true, I think like it's pretty. I think you have to be pretty down on yourself to take that demotion. I think he has a wide receiver coach job. I think you know. I think he has one waiting for him somewhere. 
Because mm-hmm. he did do a good job as a wide receivers coach here. Sure. Dave, Dave Fipp. I think he should be gone. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, I don't think the special teams has really been good for a while. Dave Mangles, our good friend, wrote an article about that on BleedingGreenNation.com uh, over the weekend. I think the special teams has kind of underperformed for a while now. Do you what think about the Eagles will keep him? Uh, I would lean towards they will, but I think he should be gone. See, here's what I'll say in Phipps' defense. They really churn the hell out of the back of the roster. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't really get much consistency in terms of you know, guys that he's working with on a week-to-week basis, which is, I'm sure, I've never been a special teams coach, but I'm sure it's very difficult to have to deal with all that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that if that's a lot different from other teams around the league, but I feel like in the Eagles' case, this year anyway, it is. And the other thing that works against him is they don't have, like, a returner. Sproles is cooked two years ago, and they just don't have any kind of kick returner or punt returner. Like, when they had Kenyon Barner, who is, like, kind of an average returner, he was, like, at least okay here, but they just had nothing in, like, the last, what, two, three years? Yep. So I can't totally fault him. I think it's more of a talent issue that he's okay. had that he has to work with. I would keep him one more year, and but I do – I mean, he was, like, lights out during the chip years. Yeah. Like, their special teams were excellent during True. those years. And they really put a high priority on bringing guys in that, that were really good special teams players. And they've kind of gotten away from that a little bit, which I don't have a problem with that. I don't think you want to build your roster around guys <laughs> that are good at special teams. But um, at the same time, he really doesn't have much to work with, in my opinion. So you're putting so, them on notice. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say that uh, he's got to show more results next okay. year than he has this year. But I'd keep him one more year. And I think the Eagles will – I mean, he was like a guy they prioritized when Chip left. They wanted to make yeah. sure they brought him back along with Stoutland and Unlin, um, some few others, I think. But uh, yeah, they do like – I think Lori likes him, and I think he's going to stay. So what about Deuce? Assistant head coach slash running backs coach, Deuce Staley. Shall I go first on this one? Sure. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Yeah. He's done a good job with the running backs. You know, for me, like – while Miles Sanders still has a ways to go as a runner, the two big question marks, three question marks for him coming out of college were pass protection, can he catch the ball out of the backfield, and can he solve his fumbling issues? He had the two fumbles in, what was it, the Lions game? Yeah, and same then drive. He, he had, uh, he's been very good as a receiver. I don't think he runs like a ton of routes just yet, but that'll come. And he's starting to like line up as like a receiver every now and again. He didn't do much of that earlier in the season, but they're using they're expanding his role a little bit in that regard. And he's been good as pass protector. So as far as Deuce bringing him along, he's done a good job. And I think that Jordan Howard has been better this season than he was with the Bears last year. Mm-hmm. So I think he's gotten more out of him than uh, I think Deuce is really a, a good example of a guy that has uh, outperformed his peers so far this year. Philip Daniels, defensive line coach. I think he stays. And I keep them. Okay, fine. Don't feel strongly. <laughs> Don't feel strongly about defensive line coats. Well, I think he's. I think uh, Josh Sweat has shown a little bit of um, progress. Uh, Brandon Graham has had a better year this year than he had last year. Mm-hmm. Of course, Brandon Graham was dealing with an injury last year. I think Barnett, um, like a little bit under the radar, has kind of had a decent year. So uh, I'm happy with. Uh, 
with what Philip Daniels has done so far. If I'm Jeffrey Lurie, I'd, I'd give him certainly another year. Ken Flajol, linebackers yep. coach. Yes. I think he stays, and mm-hmm. I'd keep him around. I don't love how much he loves Nate Gary. <laughs> you don't get why he loves Nate Gary as much as I, he does? I just don't love how much he loves Nate Gary. Like, yeah, yeah, he seems okay. to like, like Nate Gary a lot, and I don't think Nate Gary should be the Eagles' top linebacker. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't be so quick to keep him another year. All right. If I can find a better linebacker coach, I'd, I'd make that switch. Because I think we've seen Nigel Bradham uh, sort of regress the last couple of years. Mm. I don't. I think that Camus has a lot of talent, and I don't think they're getting as much out of him as they should be. And uh, yeah, I agree with you on Nate. I think they're they're you know fascination. I don't know if it's Schwartz or if it's Flajol that like Nate as much as they do. Well, Ken Flajol but... said that he's like he knows more than he does. Like Gary <laughs> knows more than he does. Yeah, I remember that. But, yeah, I, I, if I could find a, a, another linebacker coach, I, I would make that switch. I think we can run through Tim Hawk pretty quickly. I don't even think he's – he's your safeties coach. Like, yeah, he can stay. If I could just make one Tim Hawk uh, point. Sure. So I, 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 <laughs> I asked him earlier in the year after uh, Sandejo missled himself into Avante Maddox's head. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, like, I forget what the exact question was, but I was like, yeah, you know, what do you tell him after that? He's like, what? He was like flabbergasted that I asked. He's like, we we want him playing that way. Blah 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 blah. blah. I'm like, all right, all right. So I don't know. Whatever. I'm not a big Tim Hawk guy, but uh, I think he stays. Justin Peel, tight ends coach, stay or go. At one time, he was like the one guy that was really outperforming anyone. Everyone. Uh He's not gonna. He's not gonna go anywhere because he has, you know, he has turned Dallas Goddard into a really good blocker when it wasn't, you know. he was, you know, he came out of college, obviously, as more of like a, uh, mm-hmm. a, a dynamic receiver. Um, and he's kind of been the opposite so far in the NFL, and then he's been a better blocker than a receiver. But I think that uh, Peel has done a, a good enough job with him to get him, as a, to get him, you know, to be one of the best blockers in the NFL, in my opinion, as, as a tight end. It's just the receiving, uh, which is more important, far more important, obviously. Uh, that's got to come along, but I don't think he's going anywhere. Jeff Stoutland is an obvious stay. I don't even think we need to spend time on it. Yeah, he's as obvious as Doug. Here's where it gets a little bit more yeah, this interesting. Is spicy. <laughs> it's funny that we're looking at the same page because we have the same order in our heads. Quarterbacks coach, Press Taylor. I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. Jimmy, he needs to go. I think Press needs to go. I think Carson Wentz has not shown the kind of progress you would like to see. And more, you know... I don't know how much of that really is on the position coach. And that's an interesting thing about this whole activity. Like, I never really know for sure like how much of a difference really, you know, can a position coach make. Like you can't have the worst player. You can't have the worst talent in the NFL at a given position and like the best coach. And I don't, like, I don't really think you're getting a ton out of that. Right. So back in, you know, the flip days, uh, John DeFilippo, that is, flip would really challenge Wentz. To the yes. point where, like, you know, they had not a bad relationship, but it wasn't like all always gumdrops you know, and rainbows, right? And I think that's good. I think you kind of want that a little bit. Agree. And that's not what Press Taylor is bringing to the table. Yes. I think so, they need a quarterbacks coach who is willing uh, and able to challenge Wentz more than Press Taylor. I think is capable of. Agree. Corey Unlin. Well, what do you think the Eagles do with him? Oh yeah, I think they keep him. <laughs> oh man. 
I think they get rid of him, and I think they should. I would get rid of him. Yeah. I think they keep him. Corey Allen. Corey Allen is a very fan unfavorite. Yes. <laughs> but I think he stays. Uh, he's another one of those guys, like I mentioned earlier, like Fipp and Stalin, mm-hmm. that they really prioritize keeping around. I think Jeffrey Lurie likes him. I actually think he is a good coach. We get to see him, uh, you know, kind of operate more so than the other positional coaches during training camp because uh, yeah. he, he kind of he's closer to us, like when where we stand during practices. And I think uh, I think he's a legit coach, and I don't think he's going anywhere. And I also think, given all the injuries they've had in the secondary, like you know, going back to last year, especially yeah. they've kind of they've made it work. Like he's kind of helped make it work. Um, I don't really think firing him. I don't think it will happen. I think they. Yeah, I think whenever they've had problems in the secondary, when they perform badly in games, it's a talent issue. It's I don't think it's a coaching issue there. Agree. Whereas whereas it is in other in other places. And although, then finally, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Although devil's advocate, why haven't Sidney Jones and Russell Douglas second round pick, and the third round sure. pick, developed? Is that um, it's just a question? I don't, I don't, I think it's kind of, I don't like this idea that like you can just take any player and you can just develop them. Like I don't think that's true. Like it's it's entirely possible that Sydney and Russell just aren't good enough ultimately at the end of the day. But that's I think a question you have to ask at least. That's fair, for sure. Getting into the final one here, Carson Walsh. I think this is the. I think this is like the lock. I think this. If anyone, if you had to bet money on like one coach being fired, it has to be. It has to be Carson Walsh. More likely to happen. Carson Walsh keeps his job, or Doug gets fired. Doug gets fired. More <laughs> more likely to happen. Yeah. Yeah, Doug gets fired. <laughs> I seriously wouldn't that you say the not same thing? Bode well for Mister uh, Carson Walsh. I think it's a lock. <laughs> They've had a new receivers coach every year. Why would he be the guy they keep? Like that yeah. would not that would not make it. And kind of transition into our next topic here, Jimmy. Twenty two days ago, twenty three days ago now, Carson Walsh said this about Mac Hollins. Who, Ready to go? You got his quote? Yes, he does not have the catches. But at the end of the day, when Mac Hollins grades out for us, he's one of our top graders every week because he aligns right, he assigns right, and he plays with great effort. We should make t-shirts that say aligns right, the signs right. <laughs> and plays with great effort. And <laughs> yeah, that'll be on the back. Yeah, that can yeah, right. I like that. Uh yeah, so you had the scoop to me, by the way. The Eagles way Mr. Matt Collins. Yeah. After the Eagles spent the entire season really defending him and telling us about how he's actually doing great for what he's asked, the Eagles cut him. And I guess some people took umbrage with the fact that it wasn't even because of like a punishment for Matt Collins. It was kind of because they wanted to promote Sua Opeta from the practice yeah. squad. But I don't I don't fully agree with that assessment. I mean, like they could have cut Josh Perkins if they wanted to open a roster spot. Like they could have, you know, there's other things they could have done to open a roster spot. Yeah, there are spot. 53 players on the roster. They didn't have to cut they chose Matt him. <laughs> yeah, I think they I think they used that as a convenient way. Stupid I didn't see that, but that's a stupid thing to get mad at. <laughs> like they yeah. only cut him because they wanted to bring a guy from the practice squad. Well, that like, running the ball. Are you happy they cut him? Just all right, just be happy that they cut him. It's it's a, it is a weird career for Matt Collins, Jimmy, because I feel like he showed promise in 2017, like legitimately, like as a role player. Like he he was the fourth receiver that year. He had 22 targets. He caught 16 of them. He was efficient and he was averaging. There was well. one at one point. I think he had like I think it was like 10 for 10 on targets yeah. and catches. And he had that deep touchdown in the Washington game. Like he showed and some backpack kid. Yeah. Games. 
So, like, he showed something. It wasn't like he never showed nothing. It was like, it wasn't like he was just, you know, a nothing the whole time, kind of more like a Shelton Gibson, for example. Looking back at that 2017 draft class, Jimmy, uh, it's not pretty. I did that, an article for bleedinggreennation.com today, and uh, I put some polls in there for people to vote on each pick individually, the actual draft as a whole. The majority of the votes here were a D. Gave this draft class a D. It is come, came in at why isn't it sixty two percent? Wait, D was sixty two percent. Yeah, and then F was twenty five percent. C got thirteen yeah. percent. How many did A get? Uh, seven votes, zero percent. <laughs> <laughs> what did B get? B got one percent with eleven votes. How many votes were there? Over two thousand votes in total. Yeah, the Barnett pick was fine. Sidney Jones has obviously been a big time bust. Rizul was looking like a Larry for a little while, and he's not playing. He's, like, buried on the depth chart, so that's not looking like a very good pick anymore. Uh, Hollins and Pumphrey and Gibson were all obviously bad picks. Uh, Nate Gary was fine for where they got him. I think that's a fine pick. And then Elijah Qualls never really, I mean, I guess he made the team at one point. He was, like, on and, on and off the roster, kind of. He was the fifth to last pick in the sixth round, so basically almost the seventh. I have never seen a guy get yelled at like he got yelled at uh, by oh, Chris man. Wilson. Yeah, Chris Wilson. Just he got hurt too. Ooh. Yeah, we, he, got, he was injured. <laughs> he got hurt, and he was laying on the ground. This was during one on ones, and he was laying on the ground, and they were like, "Get out of the way!" <laughs> and he kind of like rolled. Like away from the pit area, like where they have these one on ones, and uh, after he kind of got himself out of the way of the drill, and Chris Wilson is just laying into him. I've never <laughs> seen. I, I mean, I guess I, I was around during the Jim Washburn days, but this was a this was like you know they, they have like guests during training camp, and they're all standing right there, and he's like to you know <laughs> bombs left and right. And, he just got laid into. These little kids are like looking on, like jaws dropped. <laughs> Poor Elijah Qualls. He's hurt, laying on the ground, and just rolled out of the way. He's getting screamed at by Chris Wilson. That was. Uh, I remember. Uh, I think I was standing next to Dave Zangaro, and we just looked at each other. We were. Like, we were both just like, "Wow." <laughs> <laughs> the NFL is brutal sometimes. Going back to the draft class here, Jimmy. I think one of the things I wanted to highlight is that this is part of the concern. I think about Howie moving forward, kind of overall thought I have on the team moving forward is like, okay, is this just one good year from Howie uh, in 2017 in terms of coming back? And when you look at these these positions of need right now, you look at cornerback, you look at wide receiver, well, the 2017 draft class might be the perfect example of like why it's hard to have faith about Howie fixing those positions because he's not been very good at those when you look even longer than that draft class when you extend the sample size back to when he first became GM in 2010. Like, they have not drafted a good cornerback, basically. They have not drafted a good uh, wide receiver other than, yeah. I mean, the only one they gave an extension to, again, was Riley Cooper. So Avante looks like that. he's going to be a good pick, but other than him, right? I mean, not, nothing. Yeah, so kind of an issue. Let's take a break here, Jimmy, because we're, we're deep into this. We will be back. Back after this. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. 
Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Back here on BGN Radio, episode 95. Friendly Gowton, Jimmy Kemsky here with you. Jimmy, the Eagles play four more games this year, unfortunately. Uh, regrettably. They play four more games. But, again, we're going to be watching them because, first of all, we get paid to do that. And, second of all, um, a lot of people here who don't get paid to do that will be watching them as well because, for as bad as the Eagles will be, you'll end up watching them anyway. And that's just kind of the deal of being an Eagles fan. So, what are some of the top things, Jimmy, to watch for the rest of this season under the you know, the, the pretext that people are going to be watching anyway. Yeah. I think, you know, that kind of falls into two buckets. And, uh, one obviously is if you think they should, or if you want, I mean, they're, they're going to, you know, try to win the rest of their games and make the playoffs. The question for the, you know, that a lot of fans are kind of figuring out is should they, <laughs> or like, do you, or do you root for them to lose for, you know, a, uh, better draft position and B so that the team actually makes changes to the coaching staff that we discussed earlier. Uh, the other bucket are the people that are, you know, rooting for the team to continue to play well. You know, obviously we've been through all the you know, tiebreakers and whatnot. The Eagles still, quote-unquote, control their own destiny if they were to go ahead and run the table, LOL. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but as far as, like, uh, going forward, like, ignoring, you know, what actually happens in terms of wins and losses. The thing that I would be looking at if, you know, on the Eagles, uh, you know, front office and coaching staff is who quits, you know, who, who doesn't give max effort anymore and, and who, you know, clearly is. And I think that's an opportunity for bad teams sometimes to sort of get rid of the guys that, you know, really aren't good character players. So on that note, Jimmy, did a poll on bleedinggreennation.com. Do you want the Eagles to make the playoffs? Out of 6,000 people voting, 36%, only 36%, said yes. Wow, that's yeah. a surprising number. Now, again, huh. this was right after the Dolphins game. Or okay, so everyone was really mad still. <laughs> well, it was Monday morning. It was... Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, they're still really mad then. Yeah, so this might, you know, this probably is going to change if you did this poll like right before the Giants game, let's say sure. on Monday night. Um, but still... That kind of surprised me, even that much. And uh, and I get it. Uh, if you're, I don't think I can begrudge someone either way. Like, if you want them to win the NFC East because you see it for the taking and you want to prevent the Cowboys from getting into the playoffs, like, I don't, I can't blame you. Um, who wants to see the Cowboys in the playoffs? Although right. they could get trounced and that would be fun. But still, like, it goes back to that thing I talked about last week where, like, the Eagles. Um, are the, uh, they're the last team to repeat as NFC East winners and the Cowboys would be if they won this year. So that'd be kind of not the, the most fun thing for an Eagles fan. And because maybe you're just relentlessly optimistic and, <laughs> and you think they can somehow go on a run no matter what, no matter how bad it gets. So I get it. And um, so I understand. I understand the thinking. 
On the other hand, I also get the thinking of wanting a top draft pick. Now, I think some of the, like, one thing, so having watched the Sixers for years, Jimmy, and being the big Sixers fan that I am, um, part of the thing with watching a team that you'd you'd want to lose is, like, you don't necessarily, you're not, like, cheering for them to lose in the game, right? You know, like, some, like, you're not, like, rooting, you're not actively rooting for them against them in the game itself. As much as like you're kind of more so taking solace in the outcome of the loss, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's kind of a place where people might be. And uh, what I'm looking at for down the stretch here is kind of like what I said last week. Just Carson Wentz, like how's he going to look? He looked better, I thought, against the Dolphins. Not perfect. He missed that throw to Alshon, which ended up being a pretty big deal. Uh, There's some plays in there. I think you'd like to have back. He didn't look. He just kind of looked like. I feel like from the jump, he looked like skittish. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Maybe. Or we're not maybe necessarily every play, but like uh, he doesn't look comfortable at all. And I get it. Why would he? Yeah. With the with the group he's working with, it's not like why wouldn't he be perfectly comfortable? I, I would like to see him look more comfortable and more like the franchise quarterback he's supposed to be. So that's definitely something I'll be looking. Oh, for sure. To yeah, stretch. that's something you watch for the rest of the year is how Carson Wentz plays. No doubt. I mean, not that anything's going to change in regard to. I mean, he's the quarterback for the foreseeable future, and that's just how it is. But yeah, certainly, you, I think you want to see him finish strongly, so that you can kind of feel good about you know him being the guy to build your franchise around. You could have his hashtag last four games or last three games. Like <laughs> same Radford last seven games. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, is there anything else to me? That. Um, no, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, again, who's going to quit? Carson Wentz. And then, uh, you know, what happens? I mean, this is more sort of after the fact, but, you know, what, what, how, how do the Eagles self-evaluate what happened this season? And what do they do about it? When it's all said and done, like who, who, what heads roll? I think a really bad outcome is if they still aren't that good and they make the playoffs and then like they kind of win like a weird oddball lucky game and then they go into the offseason like, yeah, we're good. We're good. We don't have to like they did changes. last year, basically. <laughs> exactly. I think that's uh, probably the worst case scenario. You know what that, you know what scenario that is? That's the Dallas scenario last mm. year. They should have fired Jason Garrett last year, but they didn't. Them winning that playoff game, getting to the divisional round, gave false hopes, and they kept Garrett around, and they're paying for it big time this year. I remember saying, like, I remember Cowboys fans being really happy that they got a playoff win. It's like, you're still not going to go anywhere. You're still <laughs> not going to win the Super Bowl. Team isn't good enough, and all it's going to do is just make them feel comfortable, and they're going to keep Garrett. And at the time, like, I wasn't still sold on Dak. I'm a little more sold on him now than I was then. But, um, you know, it's like, okay, well, you're going to keep Dak. You're going to keep Garrett. You're going to pay You're going to pay Dak a lot of money. They're actually going to wind up paying, having to pay him more. They should have actually paid him this past offseason. Yeah, they wasted but, uh, a year of his cheap deal. Yes. And now uh, the Eagles, you know, you don't want – if you're the Eagles, I think you look hard at what Dallas did a year ago, and you learn from that mistake. And you learn from your own mistake a year ago when you should have made some changes then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with all that. Um, so coming to this week's matchup that people definitely care about a lot, Monday Night Football, ESPN, yeah. primetime. Oh, my rowdy friends. By the way, have you ever seen, like, did you, like uh, I know Dan, uh, Dan McQuaid, uh, yeah. formerly of Deadspin, 
he loves uh, the old Monday Night Football intros, where like they're just yes. blowing up like United States landmarks, <laughs> 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 like they're bombing like the Statue of Liberty and like <laughs> like Jeez. Mount Rushmore. It's weird, like from like the early nineties. Hmm. Like did, did I guess I don't get, remember like, fired that. up for uh, Hank Williams Jr. No. Like, like whenever they played that, like the opening song, you're like, yeah, <laughs> this is what football is all about. <laughs> Boom. No. <laughs> what is the song now, by the way? Who is I it? don't, I can't, I don't know if I, I don't, I don't know if I ever really like watched the intro. I, like, I feel like I turned on the game after it starts kind of. And then, uh, man, Booger McFarlane and oh my God. Tessa Tour. Booger McFarlane's cr- like says crazy stuff. <laughs> but I think Tessator is actually far worse than Booger. He just really annoys me for some reason. You should fight him. <laughs> well, I, he, I mean, he's going to be in the building. Yeah. All right. We can make that happen. Watch your back, Tessator. <laughs> um, Eagles, probably the biggest, most exciting matchup that could probably happen on the in that building that night uh, would be you and him. Uh, yes. But on the field, Jimmy. What do you what do you have for this matchup, Eagles versus Giants? I actually have some things that slightly interest me, but I guess you should start since you. Well, Eli is going to start. Yes, you should start there, maybe. Probably and, at least uh, the two. Well, do you want to talk about the two uh, tie-breaking uh, scenarios that we I guess have I here? do. Those are the things. Those are the things I'm looking. Well, so well, if you're well, any, why don't you start on those? I, I know that I know that that's a topic that you love. I've been keeping track of this for a while. Um, so there's three big reasons why you want the Eagles to win this game. If you still want the Eagles to win, obviously, first one, win the NFC. If you're like a true, just, I always, you know, fan of it, like Eagles fan. Mm-hmm. Or <laughs> alternatively, <laughs> if you do want them to lose, but you're going to take solace in the win. Okay. <laughs> these are the yeah, things yeah. you can be like, all right, these are some positives. Uh, yes. again, Eagles stay alive in the NFC East. That'd be number one. Number two. Mm-hmm. Eagles could go above 500 in the all-time series against the Giants I for the first time ever, by the way. It is only tied right now at 86-86-2 for the first time since it was 0-0 zero zero back in 1933. I think there's something to that. I think that's a nice little nugget uh, you can kind of hang your hat on. It's not something you're you know going around and parading about, but you know you might know some Giants fans and be like, all right, we have the all-time series lead now if we win this game. They were game. down by like 20 games at one Yeah. Point. So for them to claw back from that is pretty impressive. It's impressive. I mean, we're not very impressed by what they're doing now, but for them to kind of climb out of that hole, I think it's, uh, you know, equal parts impressive. Obviously, it's equal parts impressive for the the Eagles, but the Giants have been kind of a horror show franchise. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I really shouldn't say that. They did win two Super Bowls (laughs) in the last 12 years. Nope, they're lucky. It doesn't count. Ever since the last Super Bowl they, they won. So, like, I think five of the last six years... They've lost, is it, what is it, 10 games at least? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Sounds about right. We're, we'll just go with that. Don't, don't, nobody fact check that. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It sounds right. It's right. It's just a, they just, they've just been really bad. And the Eagles have capitalized in their matchups against the Giants. And they've had some pretty fun games against them, too. Like, obviously, you know, the Super Bowl season, that Jake Elliott kick yeah. kind of kick-started that season. For sure. And so, I think I think with how bad the Giants have been, also how bad the Eagles have been over the years and disappointing seasons they've had, like that's one thing they've been able to count on is like being able to beat the Giants because the Giants yes. have always been worse. 
um, which I think is speaks to that record. And, and the fact that this is the stat that always blows me away. This came up on Reddit Eagles last year. Uh, Eli Manning is has the same amount of wins as Donovan McNabb does in the last 22 Eagles-Giants games. Donovan is 4 no. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, and Eli is whatever, 4 and uh, 18 or, or ever how that breaks <laughs> down. Um, yeah, oh, he's 10 and 20 lifetime against them. Right. So he's, it's just, it's a, uh, it's a special thing for the Eagles to be that dominant. And the, the last thing on the Eli note would be that he is this what? One, this, one's a, this one's a little more petty. <laughs> it's perfect though. It, it would be, it would be the perfect, like it, it's something that Eagles fans. And I, I did see some on BGN were like, honestly, I don't really care about the win, but like they did want to knock Eli yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it's the fact that Eli is 116 and 116, uh, both wins and losses in his career. And he could drop under 500, if the Eagles beat him in this game. And that could be potentially his last game, so he would go, and this could be the last year he plays. I mean, he turns 39 in less than a month, or he turns 40 in less than a month, I believe. Um, I think he turns 39 in less than a month. And for him to be under 500, I mean, it's just another argument against him, which he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame anyway. So I think there's some things for Eagles fans to kind of care about a little bit in this game. There are two quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame with losing records. Do you remember who they are? Is this Joe Namath up, one? This came up when they benched him early in the season. Joe Namath is one. Okay. Who, who is the other? I don't... Do I know the name? Is it like someone obscure? Uh, of course. It's a Hall of Famer. Well, I mean, but is it like Y.A. Tittle or someone? He former Eagle. Sonny Jurgensen? Uh, that is correct. Yes. Okay. I bet he... I think he's, I think he's still getting in. <laughs> I agree, but I would like... I mean, that would hurt at least... I mean, What's that? It would give oh, yeah, people sure. a case yeah. against yeah, yeah, yeah. him. Yeah. Oh, that'll be a fact that's thrown out like crazy. Ugh, yeah. Record. I mean, not that, <laughs> not that they're wrong. I, I shouldn't use my like your name. Yeah. What's, the, yeah, what's that. that for? Yeah. No. 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 Because that's Who's what side are you on here? <laughs> but for, yeah, for sure that'll get thrown around like crazy. A losing record, regular season. People, but then the, uh, but then like, so like, I didn't even say that earlier today on. Twitter when it was announced that he would start, I just uh, tweeted something to the effect of like, as a reminder, he's one sixteen and one sixteen. I didn't even say like anything about the Hall of Fame or these losing record. Nothing. It was just a fact. It just said what his record is. And uh, a couple of Giants fans were like responding like, "Who's eight and four in the playoffs, douche?" <laughs> and it's like I didn't, even, I didn't say anything negative about him. I just said what his record is. <laughs> That's all I did. I just said what his record is. Got him. Anyway. So this could uh, be this could go one of two ways, right? This could be like Eli's last game in Philly. He just gets like murdered. Uh just like yeah, you know, or, destroyed. Or, or, or and it kinda it's, it's like one last ride. Yeah, it's one last ride, you know, for uh well, for the Eagles against him and they kinda dominate him and it kind of, you know, has Eagles fans feeling better for at least one more week, whatever. Or yeah, it could be kinda like Tony Romo's last game. He only played the one drive, but he lit the yeah, Eagles up on that yeah, drive. And what if, like, Eli Manning comes into Philly here and just, like, There's a meeting and just torches his game. defense that got torched by Ryan Fitzpatrick last week? In a way, yeah. I think you could argue that you would want to face Daniel Jones because he's been a turnover machine. See, I think they're much better off facing Eli. <laughs> For one uh, very, if we, if we could actually talk football here, for one very simple reason. Mm hmm. It's that Daniel Jones is better than him. 
<laughs> he is. But when you look at, I think Jim Schwartz is better against rookie quarterbacks in general. Okay, that's fair. And again, Jones literally turned like he is a fumble machine. He well fumbles especially, but interceptions. He has fifteen 11. fumbles this year, and he's lost ten. Yeah, he and the he, league in turnovers in total turnovers twenty one. So like it's gonna happen. Like if you play him, that's definitely gonna happen. Um, he's had a turnover now, in every in every game that he's played in, including the his first appearance against the Cowboys, where he just came in and like mop up duty. He had a turnover yeah. in that game too. Mm-hmm. Even in the preseason, games, some games he has like three. Yeah, well, no, 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 no. He had he did lose two fumbles in mm-hmm. one of his preseason games, but he didn't have a turnover in every preseason game because in those games, you know, he's playing like a quarter. No, I was just games. saying that, that they were even an issue. Like even going oh, back yes, to college, yes, 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 I looked yes, up yes. his college preseason and regular season stats, and he just fumbles all the time. Like almost, he's like, got a, he's got a fix that. It's for crazy. Sure. I don't even know if he can. It just literally <laughs> happens all the time. Like it's 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 not going away. It's not just like bad luck. I love the Jamal Adams play a couple weeks ago too. Where, <laughs> well, Adam, first of all, Adams just steamrolls Saquon Barkley, who's not mm-hmm. looked good in pass protection from what I've seen them this year. Steamrolls him and then just turns to you know I don't know how Daniel Jones doesn't see him. I assume he did, but Jamal Adams just goes yoink, <laughs> just just. Gently took the ball out of his hand and then ran for a touchdown. It was worse than the Skander play. <laughs> yes, it was. It was. So the one thing I will say about Daniel Jones is, in, in terms of, um, you know, whether he's a bad matchup or a good matchup for the Eagles, is that, you know, you, you look at the NFL's next-gen stats, and he's getting the ball out at an average rate of 2.88 seconds which is a long time. Like, that's among uh, the quarterbacks that hold on to the ball the longest. And that's really not uh, out of the ordinary for a young quarterback like him. And I think that sort of plays into the Eagles' favor. Not sort of. It definitely plays into the Eagles' favor if he's holding on to the ball that long because it gives their pass rush a chance to get to him and only have to rush four. The one point I will make, though, is when you go from a quarterback that holds the ball that long to a guy like Eli who likes to get it out quickly... Uh, I imagine that's pretty difficult to accomplish as an offense because when you are getting the ball quickly, uh, you know, you're kind of depending on timing and precision, which they're not going to, you know, they're not going to be used to the quarterback getting the ball out as quickly as Manning likes to. So I think that'll be a difficult adjustment for them. But at the same time, maybe not as, you know, it's, it's, it's a less, it's less of a good matchup for the, for the Eagles and the way that, that they like to, you know, rush the quarterback. Because I feel like when teams get the ball out quickly against them, uh, they're sort of, the, the Eagles' pass rush isn't, well, I mean, I mean, any pass rush isn't as effective. But I think when you kind of put it on the uh, back seven, as opposed to the front four to win games for you, that's when the Eagles aren't as good defensively. And I think when you flip it around to the other side of the ball, I mean, I can't with good conscience say that I have any level of faith in the Eagles to play well. But with that said, this Giants defense Stinks. is pretty bad. It does stink. They're going to have to be able to, I mean, they're going to be able to put up more than they were against, you know, like the Seahawks and the Patriots. I don't know if they quite get to 31, like they get against the Dolphins. Again, some of those were on short fields, and I don't know how often they'll always be able to count on that. But I do think they will able be able to do some stuff 
against this very bad, very torturable Giants defense. Can I just run through their NFL ranks real quick? Sure. Passing yards allowed per game, 25th. Passing yards allowed per attempt, 31st. Opposing passer rating, 28th. Passing TDs allowed, they're actually tied with the Eagles, 22. That's uh, with 22 touchdowns, that is. That's 23rd in the NFL. Percentage of pass attempts resulting in a first down, 30th. Completion percentage allowed, 27th. Pass plays of 20-plus yards, they've allowed 49 of them. That's 27th. Pass plays of 40-plus yards allowed, not that the Eagles are capable of this, but they've allowed 14 of those. And that actually ties for worst in the NFL. They have 10 interceptions, which is actually okay. That's 13th in the NFL. And they only have 26 sacks. That's always been a problem for them, or at least in recent years. Uh, that's 25th in the NFL. So they don't have a good pass rush. They don't have a good secondary. Their linebackers can't really come. The Eagles have really attacked uh, Alec Ogletree in the past. And actually, Zach Ertz, um, good game to come off of the worst performance of his career, in my opinion, as he has a touchdown streak against the Giants of four games. Did you know that, Brandon? Did no. You? Well, he does. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's always been good against the uh, against the Giants. Uh, Landon Collins has had difficulty covering him, uh, but Ogletree really, when they get matched up uh, on him, they, I mean, they really. Have, I think uh, Miles Sanders could maybe find uh, some advantageous uh, matchups against him as well. They'll, they'll look to attack him, and the other, the other guy that they're going to look to attack. I mean, he's just been brutal. I remember watching one game. I want to say it was a it was maybe another Monday night game or a Thursday night game. They're on primetime. They were just killing DeAndre Baker. Like yeah, the, the, rookie. The, yeah, the the the, the, the uh, broadcasters were just killing him. They're throwing out like it might have been a Sunday night game. I don't remember, but they they throw they threw out like all kinds of numbers about how terrible he was, <laughs> and like as they were attacking him on like every play, I felt bad for him. But he was a first round pick of theirs. They had the, they had three first round picks, and they they took Daniel Jones obviously early. They took uh, Dexter Lawrence with the pick that they got for uh, OBJ. And then they had a late pick, like, I guess they traded up into the first round, and they took DeAndre Baker from Georgia. And, again, he's just been horrible. So that's going to be the matchup that uh, the Eagles will look to attack. It's kind of interesting what, what they did against Miami because they did want to, it looked, it looked to me anyway, that it looked like they wanted to attack uh, Jamal Wiltz, as mentioned previously. They're actually putting Alshon in the slot <laughs> because they wanted to get Wiltz, who was like 5'9", matched up on him. So my guess is that they're going to try to get uh, Alshon matched up on Baker. And it was interesting because I think Janoris Jenkins this week or last week or recently. This was, week. This week. Okay. He's, he was critical of uh, the Giants defensive coaching staff for not letting him follow the other team's best receiver around when he feels like he's clearly, and he's not wrong, when he's clearly the best cornerback on their team. Um, so he not only threw his coaching staff under the bus, but also all the other corners on the team because he's saying, I'm way better than you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, that's always kind of fun when uh, uh, teams start, you know, players start doing that kind of thing. But, I mean, he's not wrong, but yeah, if the Eagles can get Jeffrey matched up on... Baker, then that's what they're going to try to do. 
All right, Jimmy, let's take a break here. Get into our final segment. Back after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back here on BGN Radio, episode number 95, our final segment here. Jimmy, regrettably, once again, the Eagles are somehow still alive in the NFC East, one of the worst divisions in NFL history, sadly. And the before we get to the Eagles game this week, the division-leading Dallas Cowboys are playing again on Thursday Night Football this week. I say again. They obviously played Thursday last week. Cowboys are three-point favorites in Chicago against the Bears. Jimmy, who do you have in that game? First of all, if I can make the point that you said the Cowboys never have to play on the road on Thursday night, and here they are. On a short week. <laughs> Is what I said. I know. I'm just kidding. Oh, well, I know you're. I know you're doing this. I'm just. This will yeah, clarify. Yeah. It, the but short yeah, week I mean, is key. It's it's such garbage. They make the, they 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 played. They have two of the teams playing on Thanksgiving. Play the play the next Thursday week as well, which is and, and the Bears gets get screwed by that because they had to play on a short week in Detroit. Mm-hmm. It's garbage. Yep. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's a tough call actually. Is I mean, I, I look at these two teams and I say the Cowboys are significantly better than this team, clearly. Mm-hmm. But that Bears defense is pretty good. Mm. Cowboys offense has struggled recently. I guess it's a pretty easy call. <laughs> I'm yeah. taking the Cowboys. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how you can ever bet on Mitch Trubisky. Like, you what are you can't, doing? You yeah. Can't. What are you doing? Um, yeah. yeah, I think the Cowboys win. And it doesn't really matter a ton if the if like it doesn't matter a ton if they lose that game, right? For the, like that doesn't help the Eagles out in this tremendous way. Yeah. Or if they, or yeah, yeah they, I think it does because it gives them a cushion of you know one more game that they're allowed to lose. And are we <laughs> sure that the Eagles are going to win the other games that, that they should win? I guess, but it's also just like why. Like, you know, like, why, why do we, like, just stop? Like, I don't, I don't, if they're going to get in the playoffs, like, why does it have to be that way? Like, just, just if you're going to make it, like, freaking just win out at this point. Like, don't, anyway. Well, yeah, uh, if they lose another game, then they don't deserve to get in anyway. The yeah. Eagles, that is. Right. So, it, you're right. Like, from that standpoint, it doesn't matter if the Cowboys lose this game. I, I get it. Obviously, it's the pref- preferable option. I'm just saying, like, it's not like, oh, anyway. I get it. Um, the listeners get it. The Cowboys, yes, obviously want the Cowboys. But it's not like – and if they win, you know, obviously the Eagles' goal doesn't change. They still have to win their remaining games. Um, 
So, so I guess that's what I was looking at. It. It's not like the win like hurts the Eagles tremendously. Right. They, they have to take care of the business anyway. Even, um, if, the, even if the Eagles lose another game anyway, yeah, they're all they're all um, division games from here on out anyway. Yeah. So if they lose to the Giants or Washington or Giants again, they're going to lose on the division tiebreaker before True. even it gets to the common opponents. Yeah, they would need the, what the Cowboys to lose another game basically. So this game doesn't really mean anything because it's. The Cowboys Bears game and the Cowboys Rams game don't really mean anything mm-hmm. because they're not divisional games. Well, unless they lost both of them, and then right? The but beat but the it's Cowboys. still it's still going to come down to that Week 16 game anyway. Okay, um, Giants. Uh, well, well, not if yeah, the yeah, Cowboys yeah. Yeah, lost no, it's still two. It's still and then they, even if the Cowboys yeah. lost two and the, the Eagles won out. Well, if the Cowboys lost two, it'll and, be three and losses, then the, and then the Cowboys beat them Week 16. The Cowboys will still have the. At, you know they'll have a tied overall record, but they'll have the double head-to-head wins. Anyway, getting <laughs> getting into the um, anyway, long story short, this game really does not mean much. Yeah, getting into uh, Giants at Eagles. The Eagles opened at eight-point favorites. Jimmy, that line has since increased oh, for the Eagles. The news. Since the Manning news, the Eagles are now favored by nine and a half at home after losing okay. to the Dolphins. Yeah, well, that's more of a reflection on uh, the Giants. how bad the Giants are <laughs> than it is on, uh, you know, for sure. anything that they see in the Eagles. Uh, on the one hand, there's really no good reason to have faith in the Eagles. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, the Giants are really... You said that about the Dolphins. Really, really bad. And not only really Dolphins. bad, but they've also... So at least... At least the the thing that you could kind of hang your hat on with the Dolphins was that they were playing competitively mm-hmm. in their games leading up to this one. The Giants have lost one, two, three, four, five, eight straight games. Longest losing streak in the NFL. Is it? I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, now that the Bengals won. Yeah. And uh, a few of those losses were bad. Like mm. their loss to the Jets was not pretty. Mm-hmm. Even though the score was, you know, relatively close, it's a bad team they lost to. Obviously, I don't know what happened in that Bears game. I know they kind of hung around a little bit against uh, Green Bay, but then Daniel Jones just started throwing it to the other team repeatedly. Uh, loss at the Lions obviously is not good. I think Stafford was still in that game though. They got mm, killed yeah. by the by the cow. They got handled by the Cowboys. They got handled by the uh, Patriots. They got destroyed by the Vikings. So I don't know. It's uh, it's not it's not a good team clearly, and they're not as good as the Eagles for as bad as the Eagles are. The Eagles own them. The Eagles are gonna win. I would not be laying nine and a half though. Yeah, I think that's crazy. I think I'll, that's I'll take a, the I'll take the nine and a half. I think that's a crazy, crazy line. And you know what, Jimmy? I'm crazy. I'm taking the Eagles to win this game and cover. Me too. Because here's why. Because the Eagles always beat the Giants. Like this is the one thing you can count on, no matter how bad the Eagles are. And maybe this is me just talking myself into it. <laughs> no matter how bad the Eagles are, they always beat the Giants. And that's honestly, I feel like how we'll know if this season is like, okay, this is like this is a new low. Like they always beat this team, no matter what. If they lose to the Giants, like I think that's a that's an even new low. I don't even think losing to the Dolphins was rock bottom at that point. I think losing to the Giants, oh for sure, be, it's rock bottom. Yeah, would yeah, be yeah. rock bottom because it's like you always kill this team. Always, like losing to Washington wouldn't be as surprising because like they, and it's Eli. <laughs> it's Eli. In like they they struggled with Washington in Week One. I know it's a different quarterback, but they struggle. They've they haven't always killed Washington. 
is my point. Like this is the team they've always killed. They've always killed the Giants. They're at home. It's Monday Night Football. It should be a spot where like the team should be like, okay, you had a terrible loss. They should be more motivated than ever at this point. It wasn't the case coming off the Seahawks and the Patriots games. You know, those are good teams. Like, the Eagles were embarrassed. They weren't flat out embarrassed when they lost to the Patriots and the Seahawks. Those were one-score games, ultimately, even though the Seahawks game was in garbage time. Point being, like, the Eagles were embarrassed last week. And I think if this team has any kind of heart at all, people want to talk about heart. I think that's overrated a lot of the time. But in this case, like, if this team has any heart, they do not lose to the Giants. And not only... Did they not lose to the Giants? They come out and win like decisively. Like this, this isn't a game at the end. And I don't feel in my heart of. Do I truly, honestly, if I had to bet my real own money on this, am I, <laughs> am I taking the, am I betting on the Eagles here nine and a half? No, but in this hypothetical, I say they win, and I will take them to go the opposite of you. If they, uh, if the Giants do win this game. They're gonna be celebrating. They're gonna be celebrating on the field like they just won the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Like not that the not that you know beating the Eagles is you know somebody's <laughs> Super Bowl. Like you, you see like you know Patriots fans and even some reporters that are like, uh, you know, well, congratulations on winning. Uh, you know, if, if somebody beats them in the in the regular season, well, congratulations to that team for winning mm-hmm. their Super Bowl. <laughs> like I'm not saying that, but the Dolphins. Or I'm sorry, the the Giants win this game after having lost eight in a row. And then they finally beat a team that they haven't beaten in, is it five straight games? It's been a while, yeah. It's been a 2016 while. 2016 was the last time they lost. Yeah, that makes sense. And then, you know, they, the Eagles have owned them. For, for, I mean, forget just that streak, but generally speaking, over the last decade plus, the Eagles have absolutely owned them. They're going to they're gonna celebrate like they just won the Super Bowl if <laughs> they beat the Eagles on, mm-hmm. on Monday night. They really are. So, uh you know, that'll be uh, very unesthetically pleasing to, <laughs> to witness that if you're an Eagles fan uh, on the at Lincoln Financial Field. So, you don't want to see that happen. Four final thoughts for you here, Jimmy. Wow, four. Go ahead. Yeah. Do you have any before I get to my four? No, no, no. Go right ahead. Okay, first final thought. I don't think enough people have talked about how the Patriots have successfully gotten their revenge against the Eagles for Super Bowl 52. Not only did the Patriots actually beat the Eagles in Philly, but Matt Patricia beat the Eagles in Philly. Uh, And then Brian Flores, also on the Patriots staff, beat the Eagles. So they all kind of... So I think that kind of also, you know, they probably wanted those games a little bit extra, I would would think. Um, Been thinking about that. Number two would be... Seems uh, pretty hollow, though. Yeah, it it is, but like I, <laughs> it's I think like the Vikings it, beating them in the uh, regular season the, the next uh, year as well. It is, but I think it could have been in in their heads a little bit. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 okay, we got them. Certainly, um, it was for the Vikings that year too, for sure. Anyway, number, continue. Number number two would be, I mean, Nick Foles, he's benched, and all these people who want Carson Wentz replaced by Nick Foles. I mean, it's it's a minority opinion. I get it, but like, I haven't heard much it, of that actually. And the and the reason why is because he he has not played well for them. He's he been benched, really, Jimmy. I haven't heard much of that. And uh, well, one of the things I love is like the people who are like, "Well, good, now he's available. Bring him back." It's like, <laughs> no, no, that's not how it you works. can't have that. You can't, you can't, you can't have that. Either grow with your with your franchise quarterback, or you don't. And I think that bringing Falls back adds a very uh, mentally, um, uh, I guess, unproductive element 
back into the Eagles franchise. You can't, you can't, you can't do that to your quarterback. And I don't want to hear like, oh, he only succeeds in Philly. It'd be different if he is in Philly. Guess what? <laughs> he has his former quarterback coach from the one that went Super Bowl with, and Gardner Minshew is playing better than him. So Nick Foles, I, like, I'm not here to rip Nick Foles. That's not my point. Right. It's just the calls for Nick Foles. Like, just stop, just stop yeah. doing that. Yes. Um, third point. It's a big reason that I guess I forgot to get into when I picked the Eagles over the Giants is Pat Shermer to me, Jimmy, and you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know this too well. He honestly, they literally just one of the most uninspiring people I think I've ever been around in uh, just at all. I, like, there's no way Doug loses to Pat Shermer. Like, there's just no way. Like, Pat Shermer is awful. I said that when the Giants hired him. I believe you said that as well. I mean, he is going to make his players fall asleep on the sideline potentially and i just don't think they can lose to pat Shermer. that's number three number four would be once again please come out if you if you can uh, if you want to tweet about the watch party hashtag bgn watch party it'll be against the washington football team on december 15th at pistolas del sur game starts at one o'clock seamus and i will be getting there around 11 so coming out get some drink specials 21 plus obviously Please drink responsibly. have to say that so I'm not legally liable for anything, I think. Uh, come get some food specials, too. And just come out, hang out with us. It will be fun. So do that. Get blackout drunk and drive home. No, don't. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't I do the opposite of that. That's a joke. <laughs> Someone should just use that as a drop. <laughs> Please don't. Don't do that. For real, though. Do not do that. Um, anything else to me? No, I think that's it. All right. Well, we'll be back here next week on BGN Radio to talk about the results of this game and a look ahead to that Week 15 Washington game. We will talk to you next time. BGN.